Eva and I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds, rate, comment, all greatly appreciate it. So yeah, we are here. We are discussing (laughs) season three of You. I'm kind of excited. Also, I feel a little hesitant because You is one of those shows where, and you guys know, and I'm about to, I'm going to do my warning. So if you don't know, then you are going to know. But um, You is one of those shows where I was always perplexed that it was turned into a TV show just based on me reading the two books associated with this series uh, before we even saw <laughs> what they were able to do on screen. And then we saw season one of You, which was like, hmm, okay. And you can go back. I have talked about season one of You. I've talked about season two of You. There are people who were apparently so upset with how I talked about season two that they left a shitty review (laughs) because I talk too much about the book when the show is based on a book and I say that I am going to talk about the book. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But I say all that to say. Who would have thought that we would get to a season three and even a season four because they renewed you before season three even premiered? So before I get too ahead of myself, got to give my warnings for those who are new and may not be familiar. This is a solo hosted podcast. (laughs) It is just me. So I have to keep my own self on track and I could possibly go all over the place, jump all around. I have notes per usual, but like... Again, it is just me. There will be spoilers. There will be spoilers for the actual TV show. There will be spoilers from the book. If you don't want to be spoiled about anything, then I highly suggest that you stop right now and, you know, go find another podcast talking about you who doesn't spoil anything, which I don't even know if that exists, but I'm sure it does because, you know, we live in a society where pretty much everything exists, so... There's that. Anything else? I don't think so. Let's get into this. So, as I said, there would be book spoilers. Um, Apparently, I completely missed this, but uh, if you didn't know, this book is based on a series of books, which at this point, I would hope that you know that, but it was written, or the books were written by Carolyn Kepnes. I feel like I'm messing up her last name. So let me find it. Um, Carolyn Kepnes. Yeah. Um, um, I could be messing that up, but K-E-P-N-E-S. So the first book that she wrote was called You. The second book was called Hidden Bodies. If you listen to my discussions on season one and on season two, then you know, for the most part, all of the um everything that happened in the books is pretty much similar to what happens on the TV show with some creative license to make it work for a TV show. I knew she was working on another book in this series. If you've listened for a while, you know that I usually um re- try to read like 40 to 50 books in a year, but this year and last year has been a struggle because, you know, the state of the world and I haven't been reading as many books as I usually do and I've kind of been out the loop for books anyway so I had no clue that she had dropped the third book for this 
for her book series and the third book is entitled you love me and just based on the synopsis for it and seeing this entire third season i'm pretty confident that it's mostly different than what we saw on the show and i could be completely wrong again i did not read the third book uh but this is based on me hearing or me reading the synopsis and then based on also what I saw. I'm pretty confident that there are a lot of differences between season three and season or in, epi in episode. <laughs> in book three, the You Love Me book, but I could be wrong because again, I didn't read it. Uh, but I will go back and read it because I honestly did not know that it released until I was preparing to record this episode so we're going to go back and read that uh the one thing that I did want to say that is actually a spoiler from the books so if you don't I mean at this point if you haven't read the books and you plan to read the books I would hope you have would have read them by now but you know I don't know so I'm about to spoil the second book and how it ended uh the one thing that I've always talked about with this because it relates to what I talk about with this series in general and why I'm like and even getting to the end of this season, kind of where my head is, is that in the second book, and honestly, I don't really think we need it to continue the story after the second book, but Joe ends up in jail <laughs> in the second book. And so like, clearly he gets out of jail because there is a third book, but in the actual show series, there doesn't seem to be any consequences for what Joe does. And so what it does is it creates this sense of confliction because Joe is supposed to be, he's kind of playing two roles. He's kind of playing our protagonist, but also our antagonist because he's doing these horrible things. But so you have this guy who's playing both sides of both sides of the coin. And then you introduce another person in love who we find out is just as crazy as he is. And then we find out this season, no, she's more crazy than he is. And so she's supposed to be kind of like our antagonist throughout this thing because you're like, I just want her to die <laughs> the entire third, this, this entire season. So you're kind of, you kind of have two people who are horrible. One who seems that they both in their own ways are trying to be better people because they've introduced a child into the situation which is like a whole nother thing. But um, you have two people who in their own ways are trying to be better people, if not for themselves, especially for their son, Henry. And, but then they do horrible things. And a lot of what happens this season, you could say is love's fault. I literally wrote this down because you guys know anything I binge, I write notes on it because it's just, a ridiculous amount of content <laughs> to sit and binge at one time. I binged this in two days, so. And I did this on purpose because you guys know I can watch 10 episodes in a day and like call it a day. But the way you was set up, like, and I literally wrote this in my notes, it gets to a point where you start to feel exhausted <laughs> watching it. And I knew that that would be the case. So I did split this into two days. So I think, which wasn't even that big of a split. I did eight episodes in one day, and then I saved the final two for the next day. And this is also a show where I feel like 
we could possibly reduce the number to like six to eight episodes because there's just a lot of lull time that's happening, which for me then aids in the exhaustion and the frustration that I feel by the time we get to episode nine and episode 10. So all that to say, I mean, I'm going to try to take my time. I'm not, you guys know when I talk about these shows, I don't really like to recap them because I don't know, we just watched it. So I shouldn't really need to recap it. If you're coming from <laughs> watching the show, I just want to talk about some things that happened and like give my thoughts and then hopefully you'll give me your thoughts. I'm also trying to figure out a way to better get um, feedback on some of these episodes and where it's not just via social media. <laughs> like, is there another way that we can get some conversation going? I've heard about Discord. I've been trying to look into that. So I don't know. If I do figure something out, it will be in the show notes for this episode um but if not then tbd but anyway so joe and love two very different but similar people again like i said we can say a lot of what happened this season we can blame on love she essentially handcuffed joe into a marriage because she killed someone for him because she's crazy like him and we come to find out like she's literally insane and then she announces that she's pregnant and so therefore they get married they move to the suburbs like the bay area um and they have their baby joe is expecting it to be a girl come to find out they actually have a boy henry and so you kind of get to see them or joe mostly because this season we get one episode or you get to get a little bit into Love's head, but that doesn't happen until episode six. So most of it, per usual, is narrated by Joe. Um, and we get to see him dealing with not only the things that he's done previously leading up to now and like where he finds himself in his life at that moment, but also like how does that impact him being a parent? How will Henry see him as a parent will Henry love him and the great thing about this and you guys know that I love when we delve more into like the character's backstory because that helps aid in who we see on the screen in the present and so we do get to see more of like his backstory and kind of get to understand a little more maybe why Joe ended up the way that he is today and we even get to see Joe via the counseling that him and love go through but also just him like analyzing himself we get to see him realize you know like all these things that happen to me the reason why I tend to like latch on to one person and essentially stalk them and eventually kill them is all comes down to mother issues which is like usually what what the case is but I just think it's his relationship with women in general and you get to see that um or his relationship with, with women as a young kid in general because we saw we, we've seen before kind of like what's going on between him and his mom we know his mom abandoned him and all of that and we can see a little bit more of that but we also get to see more of him in this um like foster care situation I don't know he said he was in the system so 
he wasn't in a foster home, but like where you, where they keep you until they can put you in a foster home. I can't think of what the actual word for it is at the moment, but essentially that is, um, we can see that and kind of like how he was bullied and how he was essentially like a, a really passive kid. Like he got bullied. He had these thoughts in his, his head of how he wanted to retaliate against people who he thought was hurting him, but he never really actualized on that, especially after he killed his mom's boyfriend. And then you like get all the way to leading up to him seeing like his mom, which I was like, is that his brother? I'm assuming it's his brother. Like, are we going to meet this brother? Or did we meet the brother? Honestly, I can't remember. <laughs> But like, are we gonna meet this brother? Uh, is this, does this brother have a relationship with Joe? Ever have a relationship with Joe? Ever meet Joe? Like, we see her essentially continuing her life with this new kid and kind of pushing Joe to the side and relegating him to being like a problem child that's like no longer her um, responsibility. So I mean, like, you take all of that. <laughs> throw that on a kid, they grow up, what do you expect them to be if they're not in like heavy, heavy counseling and therapy and stuff like that? Potentially a sociopath. <laughs> like Joe, and I, and I find it funny because you know Joe knows that he needs to be talking to someone. And it's always apparent, like we saw in the first season, um, when he is like, in therapy with Dr. Nikki, but like not really because he's really stalking him and trying to figure out what his relationship is to Beck. And then we know he eventually like sets him up for Beck's murder. And was it Beck's murder? I can't. Some this is where I start to like blur blur the lines between the books and the um TV show. But essentially, <laughs> like we saw then him be like, oh, he kind of oh, I kind of need this therapy. We kind of see that also when him and Love go to um, marriage counseling and him being able to kind of like talk some of these things out, even though they can't really say like, oh, we're here because we kill people and we're super obsessive and codependent and, or at least on love's end, whereas Joe is just super obsessive <laughs> and cannot seem to function without having someone to like devote all of his time and energy on, which is just so weird. So how do we get there? We get there because Joe, you know, when you get to a place, and this also I think is a, one of the interesting thing. I'm going to focus on interesting things about this show and then we'll get into some of my more like, maybe we don't really, <laughs> like maybe we should question ourselves as the viewers type of moments. But um, another thing that I feel like the show kind of focuses on not only on like parenthood and seeing like Joe trying to you know figure out who he is as a parent but also like relationships because we see it between Joe and um love we see it between Sherry and Carrie <laughs> his name was Carrie right everyone's names are always just like they're so simple but it's also so random that you're like did they really try to make these names rhyme a little bit like whatever but um you see that with that you actually see that with all of the um 
the friends that they develop in this sleepy town of Madre Linda. <laughs> um, you see that uh, with like the struggle between Marianne and her ex-husband and her trying to get custody because Joe goes from focusing on Natalie, Natalie getting murdered because love has no self-control and she's very impulsive. And I feel like we said um, impulsive or impulse a lot throughout the show in relation to love, but she really is an impulsive person. And that was some of the frustrating, uh, frustrating things I felt or found about her as a viewer watching it being like, if she kills one more person, <laughs> like literally all you have to do is not kill anyone and your lives could be not as complicated, but like you keep killing people and you don't even really know how to get rid of the bodies and cover it up. Thus needing to bring in Joe to be the one to clean it up because <laughs> he knows how to get rid of bodies clearly because this is season three and he has not <laughs> paid for any of the people he has killed prior to where we are today. But anyway, I said we were going to focus on the good things. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it's interesting to see like through relationships kind of, and not even just relationships, like romantic relationships, but also friendships and kind of it being almost a satire on relationships uh, romantically, but also friendships and just like that perception of yourself, which was a lot of what uh, went on throughout this season because they are in a small suburban wealthy town where everyone knows each other. There's like a handful of people or one person <laughs> who's kind of running everything and everyone's kind of following their lead. But then also having this like outer appearance of like, I am the perfect person. I am in this perfect marriage. My family is perfect. But then on the inside, like all these different things that are going on. So like with Sherry and Carrie, like on the outside, oh, we're perfect. Like he's super healthy and all this other stuff. And she's like, I'm the perfect mom influencer. Like I run a, a mom blog and all of this. But then on the inside, it's like, no, they're swingers. <laughs> and Sherry is like actually a pretty, like, I don't even want to say mean, but she's kind of a mean person. Uh, and you see that early on when Love initially starts to hang out with Sherry and the rest of the crew. And just hearing the things that she has to say about people behind their backs um, versus to their face. Like, she's just a superficial, um, two-faced person. I feel like I haven't called someone two-faced in so long. Like, are we in high school again, Eva? I don't know. <laughs> but she is, like, one of those, like, backstabbing type of friends where they'll talk about you behind your back, but then to your face, they're like, oh, you're the best, all that kind of thing, or all that kind of stuff. So it was interesting to see that um, the other relationship was, I don't know why I want to call him Dale, but I think his name was like Gil or Gil. I don't know. The one who they framed and had him framed that he killed himself, but he really didn't. Gil, I think it was Gil. <laughs> Clearly, I didn't write everyone's names down. Um, but like seeing how like nice of a person he seemed to be on the outside, which he kind of was on the inside as well. But then you, as they are trying to find something to blackmail him with, finding out that his older son 
is a sexual predator and essentially they've been trying to cover it up and keep a secret and all of that stuff. Or no, they didn't frame him to kill himself. He actually did kill himself, but they just moved his body to his home and framed him as the murderer who killed Natalie when he really did not. So that was one thing. Uh, what else? The man night when they all went to the woods. I thought that that was funny. I had some like super, I had some super funny moments where I was just like, oh my gosh, this is, this is hilarious. And I don't know why this season seemed a little more funny to me than previous seasons, especially Joe's like inter, inter, inner thoughts. <laughs> Cause they didn't really come off as funny to me before. And I don't know if it's because like, I've just become way more sensitive <laughs> to things. Because you guys know, I've talked about this in other shows, I feel like, or other episodes, like, I feel like I can cry way more easier than I used to be able to. And if you listen for a while, then you know, I don't really like, like comedy. Like I don't like for people to make me laugh, but I find that I'm laughing at things more than I probably was. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe my camera, my body chemistry is off. I don't know. But a lot of his inner thoughts, I was like really chuckling out loud at throughout this season uh but love so she murders Natalie <laughs> and Natalie was a weird person to begin with because that whole exchange when she finds Joe in the car and gives him I think she gave him pampers but also the box of condoms and she's like gave him that little like tidbit about um women who just have babies and them saying like oh they won't get pregnant as quickly after or something like that but they really do I was just like that's a weird thing to say to someone <laughs> who is your neighbor that you really don't know and you found him in his car and you're just gonna give him boss of condoms and say that I don't know that was weird for me but her whole behavior was weird inviting him over to the house and being like oh FYI my husband like surveils everything but I'm gonna turn the cameras off it was just like <laughs> She was weird. And so her showing um, love and she was, her, she was weird in general with Joe, but then also being like, oh, let me also like buddy up to love, even though behind her back, I was kind of trying to make moves on her husband, which is super weird to me. So like we knew that something's going to happen. And so love because she's impulsive and she is super codependent and she's just like, Joe, you are my person. You are my only person, like at least in the beginning of the season. And therefore you are not going to be focusing on anyone else because at this point they both kind of know like each other and how they move. And so she knew that he was focusing on her or focusing on Natalie. And then she finds the underwear and she thinks all these things. And so she just impulsively kills her. And then that just kind of is the domino that starts the domino effect throughout the entire season of just like murder after murder after murder. And as a viewer, you just watch this and you're like, you know, they're going to get away with it in the back of your head because one, we're only in episode one. And just based on previous seasons, I'm expecting Joe, at least Joe not to get caught or like not have any consequences for his act, his actions. So I'm just like, how are they going to get away with this? And you're kind of just like, you know, they're going to get away with it, but you're all, you're also like, but are they really going to get away with it? And they do, um, all the way up to the very end, 
<laughs> until we get that, I guess you can call it twist or cliff, not even cliffhanger, that's twist or whatever you want to call it, but we'll get there in a minute. So, <laughs> um, they were introduced to Theo, which, and I don't know, cause I watch a lot of things and clearly I watch a lot of things cause I have a podcast to talk about the things that I watch, but Theo's character was also super frustrating me. FYI, majority of these characters were frustrating, but Theo was frustrating in a way that, yeah, he's 19 years old, and I watch a lot of, like, teen um, shows and stuff like that, like, young adult shows and stuff like that, but, like, he just seemed dumb as rocks (laughs) compared to everything that was going on, and the fact that just everything that he went through, um, essentially forcing himself on this older woman who is married with a newborn child and just literally not giving up and of course she succumbs to it because like duh (laughs) but then continuing to like think that you as this 19 year old kid could save this adult woman who's like who has not only more life experience than you but also like a family to think about. So did you, do you really think that if push came to shove, she will leave her family for you or blow up her family for you? This 19 year old kid who dropped out of school because all you can think about was her. (laughs) Like when you say it out loud, you're kind of like, did he really think that he really had a chance? Really? And then even just to see like how, I don't want to keep calling him dumb, but how naive he was that even when he got to the point where he found Sherry and Carrie in the basement and they were like, no, Joe and Love are in this together. Love killed Natalie and he still could not be like, oh, Love is a killer. Even when she showed up to the shop and confronted him and in conversation clearly seemed not to be affected by knowing that there were people locked in a cage in the basement. And he still thought that Joe was manipulating the whole thing. I don't know. It's just supposed to how naive he was. I'm glad he didn't die. Because I don't think he need to die. I just, but I think that that smack in the back of the head and then tumble down the stairs was a good wake up call for him to hopefully in the future make better choices. <laughs> so there is that. Um, but yeah, so love was just essentially the cause of everything that they found themselves in, every situation they found themselves in, because. Joe didn't really kill anyone. I mean, he didn't even kill Theo. He took him to the hospital, which I guess I guess you can say that speaks to like the growth that Joe had experienced because of everyone who died this season, he only killed Marion's ex-husband. And he was even, I mean, he was trying to like overdose him. <laughs> but then they have the tussle on top of the um garage or whatever and then he went over and he thought he was dead but he wasn't so of course he had to like literally stab him to death uh 
But yeah, so he really didn't kill anyone this season. It was all love. And they wouldn't have even found themselves in the predicament that they found themselves in with Sherry and, and Carrie because they were at the house because Joe, you know, is being selfish because, you know, now Natalie's gone. He kind of wasn't focusing on anyone, but then he starts focusing on Marianne. And so he's just convinced that Marianne is his person and he needs to get out of this marriage with this crazy woman. <laughs> the irony in all of this is just so hilarious to me. But he needs to get out of this uh, relationship with this crazy woman. So let's try being swingers ourselves, which of course she realizes that while he's like having sex with, uh, I was supposed to call her Marianne, but it's definitely not Marianne, with Sherry, that he was clearly thinking about someone who was not in that room. And so that causes this whole argument and she screams out that she killed Natalie while they're there upstairs in the room, most likely eavesdropping because, you know, that's the type of people that they are. And that's creating this new situation that the, they find themselves in where they now have to literally attack their friends and disable them enough to be able to throw them in the cage in the shop basement. Insanity. All insanity. <laughs> like, insanity. So... There is that. But then on the other hand, you have Matthew, who Natalie's husband, who is like, for you to be this really smart person who can hack into all these things and use people at to and or use people, is it at your advantage? <laughs> you can use people to do essentially your dirty work and make algorithms to create playlists for individual people and you... First of all, I felt like it was weird that he created a playlist for love because he found love suspicious, duh. But you also didn't create a playlist for Joe. Had he done that, then he would have found, he would have found the footage that shows Joe like an alleyway at the trunk when he's like putting Natalie's body in the trunk. So for him to be the super smart tech genius person and to have been sitting there spending all his time going through all this video footage but not think to also track Joe I don't know that was weird um what else do I need to talk about I talked about Joe and kind of his whole thing I talked about love and her killing everyone and putting them in this situation I'm trying to wait until I get to like the end end of end of things because Okay, so I told you, there were some funny moments for me. Not just Joe's, like, inner thoughts and narration, but also, I think I laughed out loud. Like, literally, you know, you're laughing to the point where your side hurts and you're just like, you know that laugh when you're laughing and you're, like, trying to breathe, but you're also, like, grabbing the side of your stomach. I don't know what it is about <laughs> scenes when people get, like, injected with something that paralyzes them, but they're still trying to move around. <laughs> it is so funny to me. So that entire um, scene when, I mean, because Joe is a, pretty, is a pretty smart person and we find out he's a pretty smart person, even more so when um, we like do the whole playback and he's like, oh, you did this, but I... I'm smarter than you because I was one step ahead of you. Literally, this entire 
time. Um, but, but I just thought it was so funny <laughs> because he's like sitting there and Joe is, pr is a pretty smart person. I mean, clearly because he's gotten away with multiple murders. We're going to keep saying that probably multiple times throughout the remainder of this episode. But, um, he was kind of hesitant to eat. So he let her take a bite of her food first. Then he took a bite. And then, um, he's like, oh, everything's fine or whatever. And it's so funny, or I don't even want to say funny. It's interesting to kind of see the dynamic between Joe and Love and kind of how much they know about what each other would do that even in at in the end of it, like it's that thought process that essentially ends in one of them dying because they know each other's moves and what they're going to do, uh, or their, their every action that they're taking is in anticipation of the move that they think the other one is going to make. And it's very clearly written out in this in the final scene, or it's not really the final scene, but it's like the final few minutes of this episode or the finale because Love goes to check on Henry in anticipation that Joe is so suspicious that he might kill her, thus going for the knife, which is where she put the toxic para paralyzing flower stuff on. <laughs> I don't even know what it's really called. <laughs> but she put that on the handle and he does do that. But he's also thinking of Pat Fur because he's like, oh, why are you planting these weird flowers? What are these flowers? Oh, they're poisonous. Oh, I'm going to go take Theo to the hospital. But wait, Carrie has this um, adrenaline, these adrenaline pills I should probably take one of these before I go and speak to love. Like just them each being like, whatever I do now is in anticipation of what I think you're going to do. It's just so funny <laughs> to me to see how that all played out. So like, yeah, he was paralyzed and that whole thing was funny. And then Matthew comes in and he's like talking to him. I was just, I was crying, laughing. It was so funny to me. But Matthew comes in, he's like, you get to suffer or whatever. But he's able to figure out that Theo's at the hospital. And like the fact that his whole main concern this entire time has been who has killed his wife. And now he has confirmation or some type of confirmation for his fear or not even fear, but like his hypothesis <laughs> that love has something to do with his wife's disappearance because again they they haven't found the body because the body was put under um was put into the ground under somewhere where foundation was being laid for new homes so like he's been all this time and energy trying to figure out what happened to his wife and he gets a little nugget of something that he thought is potentially confirmed but he's like really only focused on like, where is Theo? I need to get to Theo that he doesn't go to the police, <laughs> which leaves time for like Joe to have his backup plan, which just speaks to how smart of a person Joe is as much. Again, the, we're talking about shitty people here, people who are horrible people. They are literally committing murders for the sport of it. <laughs> if you think about it, it's not even like, oh, to just like, save myself and like get myself out of this. No, they're killing people because they enjoy killing people <laughs> as much as they might want to say, especially Joe, that he doesn't like to kill people. Like you're killing people for fun, essentially. And so, um, he took the adrenaline pills and so he's able to overcome 
the toxins a little quicker than um, Love probably anticipated. So we see the whole thing where Marion shows up and like she assumes something about Joe just based on her interactions with Love. But Love kind of also like leaves her with these thoughts about Joe as well because Love was going to kill her. But then Marion was literally saved by her daughter and thus they were able to leave and escape and, and Marianne leaves with this impression of Joe being a shitty husband and a liar and all that other stuff that you would associate with someone who commits adultery. <laughs> and even like, she even is like, oh, also, yeah, Joe killed your ex-husband. And it was just like... <laughs> Just throw all that in there. So she's running around thinking that Joe is just this horrific person, which he really is, if you think about it. Um, but yeah, so all of that. And then to realize that Joe also used the same toxin that Love used on him, but in a shot form, which essentially, because at first I was like, when I saw him pull out the syringe, syringe I was like, is that what he was going to use on Marianne's ex-husband? And I keep saying Marianne's ex-husband because I cannot remember what his name is for the life of me. <laughs> but, you know, he was going to um, stick him with that when they have their whole altercation before he ends up dying. So I was like, is this the same thing? Because I thought that he was going to, like, overdose him on drugs, but I guess not. So, um, but kind of find out what was in that syringe was the same was well, the same flower just in liquid format and enough to like stop your heart and so he essentially was like oh fyi i've been one step ahead of you this entire time stabs her with it stops her heart she dies and then he has a whole entire story because he goes and he drops henry off at um dale's house or dante dante <laughs> I did write Dante's name down. He drops Henry off at Dante's house. Uh, and so Dante gets to, and his partner get to have their own family, which is super cute. And Dante was like a very like interesting kind of like side character that we didn't really learn a lot, a lot about, but we learned enough to be like, oh, it satisfies us enough for where we could potentially go in this story, which is what it proved out to be. Um, but yeah, and then he cuts off his toes, writes a suicide note, uh, with pretty much confirming everything that Love did and her confessing to all the murders that she committed during their, during their stay in Madre Linda and pretty much said that Joe was forced to help her. <laughs> Which is essentially what happened, but now everyone thinks that Joe is dead because of his two toes that were found in the fire. <laughs> oh my gosh, this show is so crazy. So all that to say, we get a fourth season. I'm kind of shocked, but honestly I'm not because You is a very popular show for Netflix. Um, I'm trying to think of a Netflix show that has more than four seasons, and I can't think of one off the top of my head. So I have a feeling, possibly, potentially, that season four could be it. I hope it's it because, again, like I said, one, I hope 
they shorten, shorten the season because I think there's some room to kind of like pull some things out because after a while it starts to get like I mentioned earlier a little exhausting a little repetitive and I mean Joe's story is repetitive because he finds someone he becomes obsessed with that person and his life becomes that person and he ends up committing murders in response to this obsession and then getting away with those murders so there is so much other stuff that happens in this season that I feel like we could literally spend another hour talking about. Love's mom and her still dealing with grief in 40 dying and her essentially projecting 40 on this infant child <laughs> was just like, it was weird to watch and weird to see. And I was a little bit frustrated with love because Joe verbally told her that he does not want their baby to be called 40 their baby's name is Henry and she every interaction she had with her mom she never corrected her and said his name is Henry even at the point where they got to the point where she like took the baby uh while she was under under the influence and was driving all over the place and ended up in jail she still did not correct her and say his name is Henry, not 40. Uh, <laughs> but she did have the foresight to be like, if anything happens to me, like my mom cannot have custody of him, which we find out, find that out in the like final monologue <laughs> from Joe. <laughs> um, when he leaves the baby with Dante and Dante's partner. Uh, what else could we possibly talk about? We talk about all the friend groups. <laughs> and all of their like hidden turmoil we kind of talked about a little bit um in the beginning but I feel like we can definitely go deeper there Theo just on his own and just he is one of those kids where if his story was slightly different he could probably be in like the same position as Ajo but because he hasn't really experienced like bullying and um abandonment like as a child to the level that Joe did and then also he didn't murder someone or shoot someone and kill someone as a child like it's just always those little things that kind of determine how someone is going to end up but Theo he probably needs to go to someone's therapy and talk to someone and so hopefully his his, fam his father does that and even that whole story was a little bit confusing because at first um, when Natalie mentions the son, one, she mentions him like he's a child, like a child, child, like young. And then also as if he's the biological son of Matthew, which come to find out he's the stepson of Matthew and he's this grown teenager. <laughs> so it's just like, you guys could do a better job of like introducing this Theo kid who is essentially going to play a big role in the entire story. Uh, what else? Oh, how do we end? Joe, he goes to Paris because that's where Marianne said she would go. And I know he didn't spend a lot of time talking about um, Joe and Marianne because as much as he focused on Marianne, I feel like she wasn't really, like she was important 
And there was definitely a dynamic there that we could potentially talk about. But so much of this season to me was a story about two people who are essentially the same, but also not. And that whole play on do you root for someone you know is doing something wrong that they should pay for? And you have two examples of that throughout the entire season. And it's kind of like, to me, judging you as a viewer to be like, but if you root for one, do you root for both? Could you really only root for one of them? Or are they both essentially the same person at the end of the day and they both should need to pay for the consequences? I know what I'm going to (laughs) say. I think they both need to pay for their consequences. And I think we're just going to move into season four and kind of what I want to see. In season four, I want to see Joe go to jail. (laughs) The one thing that I was hoping for the end of this, because I was kind of like, okay, we can either he gets away with it or it could be like they find themselves in a situation where they get arrested. And then the next season, because like going into season three, we knew we were getting to season four. So it was like either they get away with it or they find themselves in a situation where they get caught and then the next season is like focused on them trying to get out of being caught or get out of jail or whatever and no we end up with joe getting away with it love is dead henry is essentially left with this new family and joe faked his death and so he's therefore in a different country and he's still focused on trying to find marianne i'm assuming and trying to find marianne is going to be similar to kind of what happened in the books where he left New York to go to, again, book spoilers, he left New York to go to LA because he was looking for the girl who stole, I can't remember her name at this point, but she stole a bunch of books from the bookstore. And so he followed her to LA and that's kind of why he ends up there. So I'm assuming either he... So duh, he follows Marianne to Marianne and her daughter to Paris because he's assuming that she's there. So it's either she's there and he eventually finds her. But even if she's not there, they're going to introduce someone else for him to be focused on and obsessed with. And he's supposed to be this person who has been all over the news, him and his wife for committing these horrific crimes. And he's supposed to be dead. I don't care where you live, like U.S. news, like people in other countries watch it. And so I'm just like, if it was that big of a story, like there's no way that he can just be freely walking around Paris and no one's going to be like, oh, aren't you that guy whose wife and he killed or him and his wife killed a ton of people in like the Bay Area? Like (laughs) there's just no way. So, um, yeah, so I'm assuming season four in his quest to find Marianne he's gonna potentially run into someone else and become obsessed with them and then eventually find Marianne or he could find Marianne and then like but like how do you explain that to her and be like oh I'm dead but I'm not really dead I faked my death like I just think that Joe's being a little unrealistic and thinking that Marianne would be like oh Joe I love you like I don't care what you did. Like, we're going to be a family. There's just no way. So season four, hopefully it's the last season. And people get upset when you're like, oh, this should be the last season. But like, a good show is one that knows when to cut the cord. 
and to, and to cut the cord early enough and at the right moment and not to like drag it on to the point where when you do cut the cord, it's like, well, you should have cut the cord two seasons ago because that's when the show was good and now it's just trash. <laughs> so hopefully season four is the last season. Hopefully Joe will pay for some of his crimes because he has committed a shit ton of crimes. If we sit here and think about everything that he's done from season one all the way up to this point, even season three, yeah, it was love's fault, but he still was an accessory to murder. He entrapped people. <laughs> he caused someone to commit suicide. He, what else? I don't know. He did, he did a shit ton of stuff. So he's culpable for everything that happened this season as well. And I do want to see him pay for that, like experience the consequences of doing wrong. Because up to this point, he's literally not had to do that. And yeah, I want to see that. So I want to know what you guys thought about season four of you. Was it what you thought it would be? If you read the third book, does any of this happen in that book? You can let me know because, you know, I don't mind spoilers like that because I'm going to read the book regardless. Uh, just don't tell me the end. <laughs> but um, yeah, let me know and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently binging on Instagram and at current binging Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.